wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM, Drive Time, Big Q&A. This show, we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, religion, and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. G'day, everybody. My name is Will, and I'm here in the studio with my good friend, uh, Pastor uh, Brenton Wilkinson. And we want to thank you for joining our live show today here directly from South Australia. And so, um, as we do on a Monday, we always kick off uh, the week with a brand new theme that our team is going to dive into uh, for the rest of this week. And so, today we have a brand new theme, and the theme is entitled, uh, The Bible in Times of Hurt and Pain. And so, we're going to be looking at that today. Uh, well, actually, looking that's the overall theme for the week. And so, uh, Brendan, welcome to the studio, mate. Thank you. It's nice to be here again. Uh, missed out last week, I think it was, but here I am again. Lovely. Looking forward to sharing uh, the uh, topic with you, Will, and yeah. with our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, we're looking at the, the topic of Bible, the Bible in times of hurt and pain. And um, some of the other questions our team will be looking at is, we're going to be looking at what is the gospel. We're going to be looking at what is repentance. Um, can we know that we've been accepted? And lastly, towards the end of the week, um, our team's going to look at what does it mean to be a disciple. And But today, Brendan, we're going to be kind of starting off the, the theme for this week, and uh, we're going to be looking at the particular question, does our or does my picture of God matter? Yeah. So that's what we're going to look at today. It's a challenging one. Yeah, a very challenging one. We've been having a conversation, nonetheless, uh, before we've gone live on air. But um, for our listeners out there, we want to thank you for joining in today, whether you're driving in the car or you're at home or you're listening through the Faith of M app or wherever you are and uh, however you are tuning in, we want to just extend a very warm uh, welcome to you from here in the studio. And so, um, yeah, we can't wait to get into our topic today. Hey, um, why don't you get our um, number ready because we'll have a couple of promotion offers for our book offer today. And if you're a regular listener, you know the number. But if you're brand new today, um, the number is 04888-80811. And uh, we'll give you a code in a few minutes' time as we uh, promote our book offer as we do um, in our show today. So, Brennan, before we jump into our program today and uh, look at this idea of a picture of God, I want to just share with um, our listeners and, you know, I want to share it with you as well, um, just a bit of, um, I guess, a lighter article that I've seen that I got online, and I got this off the eternitynews.com.au uh, website, and um, this is going back uh, a couple of months now, um, in July, and um, the article is entitled, A Mid-Year Digital and Spiritual uh, review and so, Brendan. The idea was of uh, this article is, um, you know, come to July. Well, we're in August now, <laughs> but um, the idea is we're in the middle of the year or middle of the year ish uh, in, now in, in August. But the article is kind of giving us uh, four hacks uh, to reset our habits. And uh, I just had a bit of a scroll through, and um, yeah, it's got a bit some practical insight in, in terms of um, some of them with how them. we relate to our social media and how we um, yeah relate to technology. So. Here we go. Let me um, share a couple of things from the article here. It says here, um, we all begin the year with a fervor for change, progress, and productivity. We do. And it says, this year I wanted to wrangle my digital habits, habits sorry, particularly on my smartphone, and sharpen some spiritual disciplines. A mid-year review can be confronting, but it's worth considering whenever you have a moment to catch your breath and reflect. The person I become on the first day of every year is a curious beast 
She's filled with immutable optimism as she writes her goals and her weekly plans for the shining year ahead. All previous failed attempts at changing everything all at once are banished from memory as midnight strikes and she is reborn like a beautiful phoenix rising from the ashes of unfinished to-do list. First of January version of me, bless her, is reckless, completely hyped on holidays, link chocolate and honey glazed Christmas ham. Oh, damn. <laughs> the July version. Calories, calories, yeah. calories. Huh? So this is, uh, obviously, it's by the articles by Aziza Green. That's her name that wrote it. Ah, uh, right. But then she says here, Brendan, the July version of me, and we can even say today the yes, August, August version, version of her. She's seen some things. Yeah. Like many of you, the July version of me is wiser, more circumspect. She's accu- accurately aware that the books she bought six months ago are gathering dust on the bookshelf, and she's not the prayer warrior she wanted to be this year. She's not as selfless or as disciplined as she hoped to be. Then she goes on to say here, uh, my goals and objectives were not even what you might consider challenging. So she goes on a bit there, basically saying, you know, started with all these hopes and ambitions and then you kind of fizzle out. So anyway, now she comes with four kind of points, um, Brenton. And for our listeners out there, I'd love to hear your thoughts as well. So she says here, first point, number one, first things first, are you hardwired to reach reach for your phone the minute you open your eyes every morning? If you can leave your phone in another room, amazing. That's what you were actually saying, Brenton. It is offline. what I was you, saying. You have it um, charged up in the kitchen. Yep. I put mine out every night and I charge it up in the kitchen. And Very it's nowhere good. near my bed. Or well, my you know bedroom. that 90% of you know young people under that's, that's 21 that... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let me, so this is what, what she's saying. If you can leave your phone in another room, as what yes. my good friend here in the studio, Brendan, already does, she says, amazing. If not, make that first contact count. She says here, open your Bible app before you go to sleep. So it's the first thing you see when you unlock your phone in the morning mm-hmm. before you check the news or respond to the family WhatsApp, read the word. And she goes on, point number two, engage mindfully. Mindless social media scrolling is oh, the worst. Yes. Yep. I think we've all been guilty of that. Yep. No one wants to do it, but the platforms we use daily are designed to be addictive. If you can't take a hard break from your digital habits, build some self-awareness into your use of various apps and channels. First, take stock of which apps you spend the most time on. Yes. Delete the apps you simply don't need to access on your phone. Then build some parameters around the ones you need to keep. That's a pretty good point that Aziza's making because, you know, we're touching our phones, you know, every five seconds and a lot of the time you're scrolling through stuff that really doesn't really do anything for you. It's just, what it's I, all clickbait stuff. Yeah, what I've found is um, the reason I leave my phone out in the other room is because I like to get up early. Uh, by early, I mean possibly half past six uh-huh. if I'm awake by then and go and have my own personal devotion. Right. Now, how do I do that? Uh, I have the Word of God, and I have a book called Desire of Ages, which I think you've heard of. Beautiful. Which is a book on the life of Jesus. What I do is I take a chapter each day, and at the bottom of that chapter title, it will have uh, the scriptural references for this chapter are taken from Matthew 15, verses 25 to 50. So what I'll do is I'll read Matthew 15, verse 25 to 50 first. Yeah. Then I'll read the chapter. And while I'm reading the chapter, if it's uh, relational, which generally it is, Jesus talking to someone, I put myself 
in that particular person's okay. shoes. So when Jesus is healing the man who's a leper and says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean, that's me. And right. So I you personalise it. I, yeah. I personalise it. And in doing that, I believe I am developing my relationship right. with the Lord because Praise I God. can see his re- response. Brent, and I am willing, be clean. Yeah. And uh, I would suggest to our listeners, I'm not sure what methods they use for having their own private devotions. Yeah. Some people only take a text or two and um, comment on that. Right. I like to take a story and draw the things from the story. Yeah. The best stories are found in the Gospels, either in the Synoptic Gospels or in the book of John. Right. So I generally tend to choose stories. However, probably on a fairly regular basis, I read the last few chapters of this book dealing with Christ's time as he comes towards the cross. Yeah. Chapters like Gethsemane in Pilate's Judgment Hall before the Sanhedrin. Yeah. Calvary. Yeah. It is Big, finished. I love those chapters. Yep. He is risen. They're the chapters that I like to focus yeah. on. And uh, I believe um, the writer of that book actually says if we would spend a thoughtful hour each day um, – with the Lord, yeah. particularly contemplating the closing scenes, that would really help us develop spiritually. Yeah. So I've got a challenge for our listeners right around Go ahead, Brenton. If you're not using this method, try it. Yeah. I can only say that it works for me. I've tried various methods of having personal devotions. This is the best I've yeah. come across. Amen to that. Um, awesome, Brennan. So just a um, couple more points here on the article here from Aziza. Azizia, sorry, her name is. Yeah, um, point three, she says... Um, Azizia, I wonder what it means. <laughs> <laughs> Better give her a call. Yeah. <laughs> so point number three here says digital spiritual practice. And she's got a few apps that yeah. she kind of recommends. Yes. She says there are some great digital tools available that can help you to re- redesign your devotional practices. version offers the daily refresh feature for a short teaching and a reminder to pray through scripture. Yep. Lectio 365, I think it is. Walks you through the practice of Lectio Divina, meditating on scripture. Okay. Um, and then she mentions the pause app. It's another simple tool you can use to intentionally take a break and prayerfully focus on God for just one minute. So she's got a point there about, you know, finding an app or, yeah. you know, something that kind of, you know, gets you consistently reading scripture, taking time out. And then the last one here, Brendan, uh, number four, a joy filled disconnection. And just read a couple of lines here. Disconnection. (laughs) Yep. She says here, our brains and souls do well when we are offline. Unfortunately, this fact alone may not be enough of an incentive to release our clutch on our devices. Time away from our screens should be compelling, fun, and facilitate deep relational connection. Mm -hmm. And she says, fun is not frivolous. It's incredible. It's incredibly useful when you're trying to build new rhythms of rest and disconnection. You know, actually, just on the weekend, um, Brendan, you know, my wife and my my lovely four-year-old, she just turned four, um, wow. yeah, we just went to a place to eat down the road um, here where we live, and uh, I make it um, I make it a, a point to just, you know, leave the phone either in the car or, yes. you know, or, you know, if you're taking it with you inside the restaurant, at least just mm-hmm. leaving your jacket, but the point is... You know, you're always, we're always on our phones and, you know, going out just for, as a family to get something to eat, you know, just leave the phone aside. You're not going to, I think so. you're not going to miss anything, you know. <laughs> so just thought I'd share that with our listeners out in, uh, out there that are listening about, yeah, this idea of a mid-year digital spiritual review. I wonder what your habits are. Are you 
How are you keeping up with some of the promises you made and we made at the beginning of the year? And so, um, yeah, well, I know we're in August now. We're a little bit over the halfway mark. But, hey, take an inventory. Are you, are you mindless scrolling? Are you letting the app and your device get the best of you? Um, Azizi Green here on eternitynews.com. .au has a fabulous article that might uh, get you on the right track. You know, another good thing that you can yeah, use, go ahead. but I don't know whether it's available digitally. Right. Um, the whole Bible is read by a number of people, but yeah. I've, I've got the whole Bible at home. Unfortunately, it's on um, CD. Now, I know CD oh, is yes. very much I think home. I had one of them a while uh, yeah. My car does not have CD. In yeah. fact, no modern car has yes, a CD absolutely. So, and uh, <laughs> it's, it's not MP3 compatible. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I would really like to transfer the stuff off my CDs. Yeah onto something that I can plug into maybe my cigarette lighter when I'm travelling around. Yeah. It's just the Bible being read. Yeah. Um, David Suchet, who used to star in... Uh, oh, I love his narration. Yeah, he does yeah, the NIV. His narration is absolutely yeah, spot yeah. on. Love and his when, work. When he left um, uh, Poirot, he was the uh, French detective Poirot on TV right uh-huh. up until 2013. Yeah. And at the end of that, he decided to. it had been a long-term project of his to record the whole of the Bible. So I've got the whole of the Bible. I have to work out how to transfer it onto something that's not CD yeah. uh, that I can listen to on my mobile phone. I'm not um, tech-savvy enough to work out what it is. So if any listeners I might give are you listening, a- give me a bell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm happy to listen, but... I tell you what, it helps you to be able to memorise scripture. Just listening to him in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, yeah. I have now reached the stage where I only have to hear a couple of words and I can repeat a number of verses because I've heard the scripture. Wow. So, awesome. so whether that fits in what, with it what certainly does. is saying, I'm not sure. But it certainly does. It's a good way to go. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> awesome. Well, um, we're going to promote our free book offer right now. Yes. You're only going to go to a break with a song, and we'll be back in a, just a moment. But before we do, our free book offer, let me repeat that, book our offer. free book offer, book offer. <laughs> is the book Knowing Jesus, Knowing God, and it's by author David Marshall. Mm-hmm. And David Marshall has degrees, including a doctorate in history, but he chose to spend his life uh, communicating the good news about Jesus. He is never happier than when he is immersed in the four Gospels. He believes that in them we encounter the living Christ. And so, hey, this is right along the line of what we're talking about today and the rest of the week. So if you'd like a free copy to you, our valued listener, please text the code. Grab your phone, text the code SA31 to our number 04888880811. Uh, One more time, that is uh, SA31. That's the code you need to text through, SA31. One three one, and you need to text that through to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one, and we would be more than happy to send that book out to you as soon as we can. Sure, we'll promote the book offer one more time uh, in the latter part of the show. But uh, please text the code in, and we'd love to get that book out to you. Please don't go away. We'll be back in just a few moments. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A. God sent His Son. They called him Jesus He came to love Heal and forgive He lived and died 
You listen to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Will and Brenton in the studio. Our theme for this week, the Bible in times of hurt and pain. And today, uh, Brenton and I, we're looking at the question, does our picture of God matter? 
So, Brendan, um, we're going to be looking at the picture of God, I guess, yeah. and uh, looking at what the Bible says, perhaps even sharing a bit of our own experiences um, about God's picture and, and how we've come to see God's picture yeah. now. Yeah. So why don't you open up our, our topic today? Sure. Sure. Um, walk us through this idea of um, does our picture of God actually matter? Well, let's start with a couple of texts from Scripture because – most people who are Christians believe that God is love. Uh, and First John 4 verse 8 actually says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And then over in verse 16 it says the same thing, And we have known and believed that love that God has for us. God is love. Now, that's, that's not a question. It's a statement. Right. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in us. Now, John, as you know, was known as the apostle of love in the New Testament. Um, he wasn't initially known as that. You might remember he had a brother by the name of James, and they were known as sons of thunder, Boanerges. <laughs> That's what yep. Jesus called them. Right. And they, they were fairly hot-headed guys. But it just goes to show that in coming into a close relationship with God, uh, they came to understand Jesus' love, his compassion, and his concern for others, which was probably the exact opposite of their characters. Yeah, I would suggest that uh, our our picture of God is vitally important. Many of our listeners may be struggling with what their picture of God actually is. Yep. How do you develop a picture of God might be a good question. I've made a couple of suggestions, Will. I'm not suggesting this is all inclusive. So I'm not expecting people who are listening to say, oh, well, Pastor Wilkinson says this, that, and the other. That's where it's at. No, Pastor Wilkinson is saying these are a couple of things that I believe are helpful. How did I form my picture of God? Mm -hmm. In the Bible, God is described as, well, you have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But if we're just going to focus on God the Father, how is how is that described in the Bible? Because God the Father is always referred to as God the Father. Jesus is usually referred to as God's Son. Now, <clears throat> how then would I know what God the Father is? Two ways. The first way I believe, and it's not necessarily one that comes readily to mind, I believe that you understand God and God's character through your parents. Now, okay. I'm sure that there are people listening to me who come from dysfunctional families, possibly abusive families, yeah. and their picture of God is very much skewed by maybe mm. um, sexual molestation that they've had when they were young, um, wives that have been battered, uh, both emotionally and physically, children that are scared of their parents, their picture of God as seen through their parents is not a very healthy picture of right. God. In my case, I was lucky enough, Will, to grow up in a Christian home where my parents both loved the Lord. Wow. Okay. Uh, my picture of God is probably very, very different from, say, a, a six-year-old growing up in a single-parent home uh, where mum is the sole parent, has to be both mum and dad. Uh, it's it's very, very difficult for a person like that to to understand 
the concept of a loving heavenly father. Yeah. I wonder, you're a minister, I'm a minister. We possibly have both been in situations where we have had um, church members, church part of our church family who fit these categories. And you ask yourself the question, in this day and age in which we live, where we have to be, be so careful with our relationship with children because of... You know, all the, all the stuff that's in place these days with uh, child abuse and that sort of thing. But you often ask yourself the question, as a minister, can I, can I model God's love to my parishioners? Not just my grown up parishioners, but my children, the yeah. children that are in my church family. Do they see God through me? Well, they can't see God through me if I haven't got a very clear picture of who God is yeah. myself. Yes, the Bible says God is love, but how how is God revealed? I believe the other way that uh, God reveals himself is through our own study of Jesus and his life. This is why earlier in the program I mentioned my method of personal Bible study. Uh, right. I think that's helped me more to know God than anything else. There are times when I read about what Christ did, his compassion, which <laughs> you and I perhaps both lack, <laughs> the compassion of Jesus. When you read these things sometimes, it brings you to tears. It brings you to a point where you realize how deficient you are in those areas. But <laughs> John 3.16 really covers everything in the Bible yeah, where yeah. it says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I've had people say to me, well, if God so loved the world, why didn't he come himself? Yeah. Uh, the point is, in actual fact, in sending his son, it was a, a greater sacrifice than if he had come himself because he gave the greatest thing he could give, his only son, right, to save us. And the son had to come willingly in order to be our sacrifice, he didn't come kicking and screaming and uh, God twisted his arm behind his back and said, get down there and sort the me yeah. mess out hey, that they got themselves into. Yeah. Am I making sense? Yeah, I just wanted to pick up. I was, yeah, pick up on. <laughs> I wanted to pick up on you said, Brendan, because I thought it's important that um, you had the you had the blessing and the privilege of of being raised in a home where yeah, both parents sure um, I did. Yeah. that had um a, a love for God and so in many in what some about ways you? yeah um i guess coming from a pacific polynesian background we yep. i guess believe in god i guess in a general sense but yeah mum and dad didn't really weren't we're not strong christians i mean just pulling it plainly um you know dad you know had his had his, you know, worked in the fish markets in Sydney and, um, you know, worked six days a week. He'd be up, he'd be gone before five, six in the morning, come back in the late, you know, so the you day. So didn't, you didn't see God's love modeled to you through your parents? Yeah. Is that what you're I mean, me? yeah, I don't want to come across like they were like just no, no, super no. evil people. I mean, they loved us and they, no, you know. No, I'm not suggesting yeah, that. I'm but just saying, did you get a clear image of God? Probably not, through, no. Yeah, right. So, you know, okay. we didn't really attend church. There was no real prayer at home or any anything of that nature um so like if you're if you're coming from that angle yeah in some ways um many people you know myself included probably didn't get that um blessing of a head start yes. if i could use yeah, that term sure, sure but you know god is so good brennan because you know ultimately um i've come to know who god is and i have uh i guess my picture of god is 
seen through the lens of scripture, obviously, yes. and ultimately through through Christ as well. But um, so I guess what I'm saying is, uh, there's listeners out there, Brenton, probably listening and um, kind of going along with what we're saying. But then I don't know if it's something you want to hit now or a little later in the in the program, or even if we're going to talk about it tonight. But like you said, so often people's picture of God is skewed by, and you said it minutes ago, by things that happen in the home, sure. or let's just say they did go to church, or there was a profession of God, but there was um, there was no alignment from the profession to what they were seeing. So many people's picture of God is skewed, um, you know, or impacted for better or for worse. By that immediate surrounding at home. That, that is so true, particularly yeah. as you mentioned the word church. Um, a young person can get a picture of God through their parents. They can get a picture of God if they are lucky enough or fortunate enough to attend a Christian school. Yeah. They can obtain it through teachers, a principal. Uh, at church, they can obtain it through a minister. But we all know stories, unfortunately, and yeah. no one is completely, um, shall we say, blameless in the situation yep. where priests, ministers and others have abused their position. Yeah, absolutely. And instead of presenting a picture of God that is nourishing and helpful yeah. for a young person or, or for any person in their congregation, they can actually destroy a person's relationship with God because what they're doing and what they're saying, what they're saying in the pulpit yep. and what they're actually doing are two, two different two things. different things, yeah. And this is where the word hypocrite comes in. And the bulk of the Australian population, I believe today, see organised Christianity as yeah. largely hypocritical. Hey, Brandon, because look, like you said, we're both pastors in the studio, and in some way, a lot of what we're saying, um, we I guess we have some type of grounding because we've read the bible sure, we we sure. we preach the word and you were saying to me just off air you, you you've been preaching pretty much every week even though you've been retired since july so some 20 odd <laughs> time can, can we just go back to what you said because i think it's probably important just before we kind of move on um you mentioned in your opening remarks that as christians many of us would understand that God is love, that mm. famous passion, First John 4. Hey, can you just talk to the listeners tonight? Because for someone out there, uh, Brendan, this this might actually be a new thing for them. Can you maybe just unpack it a little bit more? Um, uh, you mentioned John 3.16, you mentioned, you know, but, but just because there's someone perhaps listening that they've never really seen that God is love or kind of put those two kind of yeah. concepts together. Yeah. Um, how how does the Bible um, portray and how do you understand this idea that God is love? All right. We could go to John chapter 14. Maybe we will just, just briefly. Sure, go ahead. Because <clears throat> Christ's disciples had been with him three years. Uh-huh. And uh, it's interesting. The last night before he's crucified, this is what happens. One of them, a guy by the name of Philip, says to him this. He says, uh, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Right. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? 
He who has seen me has seen the Father. Wow. So how can you say, show us the Father? So the picture that the disciples uh-huh. seem to have had, they've seen Christ's miracles. They've even seen Lazarus raised from the dead. They've seen the sick healed. They've seen the leprosy cured. They've seen the blind restored to sight. They've seen all of these things. And yet here's Philip saying, Lord, just one thing. Show us the Father. <laughs> yep. That'll be enough for us. Right. And Jesus says to him, my friend, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Wow. So I would say to a listener who's maybe struggling with this and yes. hasn't had a Christian upbringing or whatever, how are they going to see God? What is their picture of God going to be formed by? I would suggest to you their picture of God will be formed by what they see in us. Okay. We profess to be Christians. We are Seventh-day Adventist ministers. Yes. Uh, people expect us to have a close relationship with God, but you know what? You have to spend that time each day yourself yeah. because otherwise in the end you were spirit. <laughs> As I like to jokingly say to people, if I haven't spent time on the bread of life myself, yeah. what I'm feeding people on Sabbath morning is McDonald's, fast takeaways. <laughs> I like French fries and onion rings. Food. But oh, it's not nourishing yeah. the soul. Am I making sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so can I go back to what you said, Brendan? Because I think that's it's amazing that text you just quoted. So Jesus is essentially looking at his disciples, uh, at Philip particularly, and he's saying to yes, Philip, he's "If you've seen me, everyone. you've seen everyone the Father." Heard this? Yeah. Whilst he's replying to Philip's question, everybody's listening yeah. to this. Have so I could, been with you so yeah. long, and yet you've not known me? Yeah. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. <laughs> so could we equate that to say um, today, Brenton? That when we trying to figure out who God is and what is He like and, and who is this God that the scripture the scriptures talk about in the in the Gospels in the Bible, we can say to people, "Hey, you can see a picture of God through through Jesus." Yes, um, you that, can. That's that's how but, you but see. How does a person who doesn't read the Bible okay. or isn't, um, shall we say, familiar with right. where to look in the Bible for finding out who God is? How would they understand God? They would yeah. understand God through someone who claims to be a Christian, right? And uh, I'm mindful of the text because um, in the Dark Ages, as you know, um, yeah. Christianity presented God as basically is a tyrant, one who was looking to jump on people yep. if they made any mistakes and burn them in the fires of hell. And there are still many people today who believe in eternally burning hellfire. I wonder what that says about the character of God. Okay. I, but uh, anyway, I'm going to just share with you um, a statement from Second Peter. You know this text as well as I do. It's Second Peter 3 and verse 9, and it says this. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. This is talking about the coming of the Lord. Uh, As some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It's a great text because I don't want to get into the subject, and it's not our subject today, the issue of predestination. Now, the word any and predestination to me doesn't don't go together in the sense that we understand that. Okay. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever. Right. This word here is any. So salvation kind is available of, to, yeah. to everybody. Otherwise, God put, could be described as being partial. 
Some are destined to be saved. Some are destined to be lost. They believed this in the in the uh, early Middle Ages. In fact, I was sharing with you off air <clears throat> the very first time people being burnt to death because of their religious beliefs occurs in 1022 in the town of Orleans in France. Wow. Where these guys, they, they believed some things that were different from the organised church. They locked them in a house and burnt them to death, 14 of them. Goodness. That's the first mention. Wow. You can check it out on Encyclopedia Britannica or other sources if you want to check my references afterwards. Right. But... <sighs> The God of the Middle Ages was not a God I'd want to worship. Yeah. On the other hand, I wonder sometimes today whether people see God as sort of like a giant Father Christmas. <laughs> oh, God's loving. He overlooks everything and anything. Yeah. No, God says himself. He said, I'm a God of justice as well as mercy. How do you get the perfect balance before that? Between yeah. that, you only get that if you are God. <laughs> yeah. I can't understand how you can perfectly balance mercy and justice. But God does. Right. <laughs> and the fact that he sent his son, the fact that this text says that he's not willing that any should perish, uh -huh. that's why he's holding off on coming again, Will, because he wants as many people as possible to be saved. And I would really plead with our listeners, if you have not given your heart to the Lord, please do it. Yeah. Because he wants you in the kingdom of heaven. Why would he have gone to all the trouble and risk of sending his son to this earth? to die for us. Now, a lot of people say, oh, it was all preordained and it was all going to happen. You read the scriptures carefully and you've done it yourself. Yeah. Uh, you read the scriptures carefully, you'll find that Christ on the cross said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken, yeah, why me? forsaken me? It was not clear cut. It was a risk that heaven took in sending yeah. the Son of God to die for us. Uh, if that's not love, what is? It's our response that's the important thing to that. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess before we go to the break in a couple sure. of minutes, Brendan, I'm hearing you saying um, we we see, I guess, a picture of God through Jesus, but then you're also saying people, if people don't have access to the Bible or they're not, they're not brought up in a Christian home, um, which, whichever reason, as Christians, um, we have a sense of, I guess a uh, responsibility to show that show so. Jesus to people I, um, through our lives that. and yeah I believe we yeah. need to model Christ yeah. to them but we can't model Christ to others if we haven't spent yeah. time with him yeah. ourselves and just something you picked up I mean you just shared a bit of yeah, a sure. historical gem there you talked about in the 11th century yeah, how Christian sad. martyrs so it's fair to say um Brendan maybe a couple of comments and we'll go to the break would it be fair to say as well that Historically, um, even through Christian history, um, through various um, people and institutions that have represented the Christian name, um, to some degree have not perhaps shown them the, an authentic, true picture of God. I Would that be a so. fair assessment? I, I believe yeah. that is a fair assessment. Yeah. And you've got to remember that the people who are burning other people to death are sincere as well. Yeah. This is, this is the sad situation, but it reminds me of a statement that Jesus said in, in the book of John, and I know we're about to go to yeah. a break. Yeah, why don't you share that text? But go I ahead. Will, I will sh I'll try and find it as quickly as I can. Um, it's in John where Jesus actually says something along these lines. He says what? that... Um, 
the time will come, and I'm going to have to quote it because I can't find it quickly. I think is it. Yeah, he says that the time will come when those who kill you think they are doing God a service. Yeah. And he says it's because they haven't known me or the Father. Wow. Wow, okay. (laughs) Well, there's a lot for us to um, consider um, where we're up to so far in our program today. I hope you listeners are enjoying our conversation today as much as we are enjoying um, opening scripture with you today. Look, Brendan, we're going to go to a break once more and um, we'll be back in just a moment. But before we do, we would like to promote our free book offer just one more time in our live show today. Our free book offer is the book entitled Knowing Jesus, Knowing God by author David Marshall. Um, This book is all about Christ. It reveals his personality, the reasons why we can believe in Christ and depend on him and how we can accept his salvation. And so... If you would like a free copy of the book, Knowing Jesus, Knowing God, please text the, the code SA131 here to our studio, 04888 One more time, the code is SA31. Text uh, that code into the to the number here in the studio, 04888 and uh, we'll get your details and we'll get that book out to you as soon as we can can so please don't go away we'll be back in just a few moments you're listening to faith fm drive time bq and a
You're back listening to Faith FM Drive Time, BQ&A with Will and Brenton here in the studio. Uh, we're kicking off our theme for this week, the Bible in times of hurt and pain. And today, Brenton and I have been looking at the question, does our picture of God matter? So, yes, Brenton, um, in the remaining minutes that we have here, um, why don't you unpack a little bit more about this picture of God that we find in Scripture? Certainly. Uh, let me go to the Old Testament. A lot of Christians today will see God in the New Testament. They think the God of the Old Testament and the God yeah. of the New Testament are different. Like two different. It's almost like God is schizophrenic. <laughs> I've it? heard that many yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> so let's have a look at a couple of uh, statements from the Old Testament where Moses, uh, right after Israel had sinned by dancing around the golden yeah. calf, and Moses had smashed the Ten Commandments and gone back and got a second set, uh, Moses said to God, please show me your glory. And this is what God said in chapter 33 of Exodus, verse 19. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, no man can see my face and live. Now, God is not saying there that I am selective. What he is saying is that I am a flexible God, I can be gracious to whoever I wish. I can be compassionate to whoever I wish. Yeah. And if you tie that in with what we did before the break in Second Peter 3, 9, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Yes. His compassion is available. His uh, love is available to anyone. Amen to that. Then you go to chapter 34, verses 6 and 7. It says, now the Lord descended on the cloud and stood with him there. That's Moses. And proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious. Notice this. This is Old Testament, yes. guys. Long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty. Etc., etc., etc. Yeah. <clears throat> so the God of the Old Testament was not some sort of an ogre as compared with the loving, uh, shall we say, picture of God yeah. that Jesus revealed when he came to this earth. He's the same God. If you want examples yes. from the Old Testament, go to the book of Jonah. Jonah went out and told them that in 40 days they're all going to be zapped. God was going to yeah. destroy them. When God saw they repented, what did he do? He repented that he was going to destroy them and yes. said, I'm not going to destroy them. And when Jonah got really upset, <laughs> the book of Jonah is an interesting study. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a degree of racism in there as, <laughs> as well. But anyway, we won't go there. But it's just interesting to note that um, Jonah was mightily upset that yeah. they weren't going to be destroyed. He was upset at God, wasn't he? Oh, he was. They were Israel's enemy and yeah. he was looking forward to sitting outside the city and seeing fire come down from heaven yeah. a bit like Sodom and Gomorrah yeah. and zapping these guys. A bit, bit like what you said with the, the disciples at the top of the show, the, the sons of thunder. Oh, yeah. He well, wanted to see some some right. thunder come down. <laughs> yeah, Lord, should we bring fire down yeah. from heaven on these Samaritans and uh, destroy yeah. them? And Jesus' comment was, you don't know what sort spirit, of spirit yes. you are of. Yeah. The Son of Man has come to save men's lives, not destroy them. Yeah. And here you'll find, as I say, I'm, I'm simply referring to two references that many of our listeners would know well. And if you don't know them, they're worth looking up for yourself in the Bible. 
it tells you that the God of the Old Testament is the same God as the New Testament yes. because God himself says, I am the same yesterday, today, today, today and forever. forever. Yeah. I think you had a couple of uh, texts too, Will, that you were... Yeah, just a couple of things I wanted to share as well. from Jeremiah and a few yeah, other Yeah, um, just to add to what you're saying, I think the text that kind of comes to me when I think about the picture of God, and it's it's found in Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 3, and it says, The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Yes. And you know, Brendan, when I first read that text and understood that God was drawing me, even when I didn't want to follow him and I was way out doing my own thing as a young lad. That's interesting, um, isn't it? I didn't realize God's love was drawing me to himself. And I guess that's kind of the thought I want to leave with our listeners in our last few minutes is sure. whether mm-hmm. we realize it or not, and I believe I can say this based on Scripture is, and this goes to all of our listeners out there and everyone in this world, that God is actually seeking us. And I think that's kind of where we need to end, Brenton, because um, we want to kind of look at the idea of the picture of God and why it matters. And I think why these conversations are important is because if we st- – it's one thing to kind of like we said earlier. You may not have grown up in a situation where no, many your parents didn't. Probably yeah, haven't. you know. But you know, I'm reminded as well, Brenton. You know, the text in Matthew chapter 24 when the gospel is going to go to the whole world. Whole Jesus world. says, yeah, yeah. and could that be, Brenton, that part of God's plan is that the gospel, um, who God is, and a correct picture of Him. Um, is going to go to the world. And like you said, I think that yes, involves yes. the body of Christ. It's, it's men and women who have experienced God's love and, and we get to kind of share that with the world. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, we live in a world today, as you know, where the word inclusiveness is bounced yeah. around all the time. Right. <laughs> We're a very inclusive society. Yeah. Well, God's love is very inclusive too. It's inclusive like- of the whole human race, but it comes down to the choice of the individual as to whether they choose to accept that inclusiveness. Okay. Um, the Bible talks about, you know, <clears throat> John says in the first John, he says, Beloved, do you not know that we are the sons and daughters of God? Right. <laughs> it's so powerful. I can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> we are the sons and daughters of God. That's the picture of God um, that I would like our listeners to Zoom or home in on tonight is that you are sons and daughters of God. If you've accepted Christ as your saviour, you are already a son or a daughter of God. That means that all the things that were offered to ancient Israel, all the promises, Paul says in Galatians 3, you know the the text, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, male nor uh, female, slave or free, we are all one in Christ. All of those promises are yours. Yeah. They're, they're promises that are appropriated for you, but you have to choose to accept yeah. them. And um, if your picture of God is fuzzy, please open the Bible. Yeah, can I was, I, I was just going to say that. one thing? Read the book of Mark. Don't read Matthew. Matthew's all about genealogies, and Matthew's all about proving to the Jews that Jesus that was Jesus, the Messiah. Yeah. Mark is, I call it, the all-action gospel. Straight into I it. I like it, the, the all-action. You know, the all-action gospel, because frequently through the book of Mark, you find the word immediately. <laughs> yeah. He, he peeled the man, and immediately something happens. So He moves my, fast through the gospel. Uh, he moves fast through the gospel. I, I personally have recommended 
two people who have asked me, where should I start if I want to know what Jesus is like? I've always told them, start at the book of Mark. Yeah. So, book of Mark, um, to our listeners out there, if you this is whole brand new, this whole journey of Christian faith is, if there's something new and you may not have a Bible, hey, um, you can go online and you can read the Bible yes, online. Can. You can. Um, and perhaps tell them how you do it. Actually, I was just about to. Yeah, the, yeah. the te- uh, website that I go to quite often is it's um it's free to it's free to use. It's called Bible. This is just the one I use, BibleGateway.com, and um you go in there and you can read any Bible, many many translations, and uh, often I will um you know read it through there as well. Um, but hey, why don't you take it a step further and um uh. Get our free book offer because um, yes. that also is a huge um, going to just unpack this idea of knowing God. And look, I've just got a couple of minutes, uh, Brendan. So I think I sure. might have just promote the book offer just yeah. one more time. Dude. So our book offer is Dude. knowing Jesus, knowing God. And look, we would love to give you this free copy. And uh, all you need to do is text the code SA131. SA131. And you need to text that here into the studio. Zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one, and we will get that book out to you as soon as possible. And so, um, Brenton, our last thoughts. We've just got a couple of minutes ago. You've mentioned uh, for our listeners, you know, l- you know, read the Bible, read the Gospel of Mark, mm-hmm. uh, and I guess probably an appeal to fellow Christians who are tuning in today. Hey, we've got. Jesus, I'm thinking of what he said in the Gospel of Matthew, that we are to let our light shine yes. and um, so that people may see our good works and glorify our God in heaven. And you know, sometimes I've read that, you know, um, Brennan, and we're like, oh, letting my light shine. It's like my light. But, you know, no, it's God's love actually yes, shining mm-hmm. um, in and through us. So um, you got a final thought there. I can see you got your Bible open there, Brennan. You want to read something before we... I was just going to read something that I touched on briefly from uh-huh. First John 3. Behold, Behold what manner, manner of, of love, love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us, that's ignorance, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Okay, so in conclusion, in summary, is our picture of God important, vitally important, because without having that picture of God, you can't really fulfill what I've just read. Yeah. You can't really understand your position as the son or daughter of God. Right. Even though you may not know what you're going to be in the future, even though 1 Corinthians 15 tells us what type of body we will have in heaven, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all of those things. But the important thing is if you have accepted Jesus, you need to somehow get it through your grey matter that you are <laughs> children of God. Yeah. And as children of God, you will start to reveal God's character. And that's how other people who may have an imperfect or a fuzzy picture of God can get to know God for themselves. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, listen, Brendan, it's always a blessing to be in the studio with you and I. We get to unpack the Bible together and we get to the privilege of getting to share with our faithful listeners out there in Radio Land. Hey, look, guys, our time is up for today, but please just want to plug our program for tomorrow. Um, Pastors Ricardo and Marty, they're going to be looking at the question, what is the gospel? 
what is the gospel that we read about in the Interesting Bible? Interesting topic. Yeah, that, and I'm sure that uh, Pastor Ricardo and Marty, Pastor Marty are going to do a fantastic job. So please tune in tomorrow, same time as uh, Ricardo and Marty go live with our Drive Time program. But until then, to our faithful listeners, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being with us right to the end of the program. We want to leave you with the words of Jesus Christ. Our Lord, in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus says these words to us today. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. May God richly bless you, and we'll hope to see you next time.